Hi there, and welcome to the Press Gallery, Edmonton Journal's weekly politics podcast, the morning after edition. I'm Sarah O'Donnell. I'm the Journal's assignment editor, and it is Friday, April 24th. It is, of course, the morning after the only televised leaders' debate in this Alberta provincial election. And with me in the newsroom studio to talk about that are Journal Provincial Affairs columnist Graham Thompson. Hello. Provincial Affairs reporter Miriam Ibrahim. Hello. And city columnist Paula Simons. Good morning, Sarah. Do I even need to ask who wants to start? I know that we've all been talking about this even before we hit the record button. Let's start with you, Graham, because in your Thursday column, you argued that this would be a decisive, critical moment in the election campaign. What do you think? Were you well, right? I was hoping it would be, and it certainly was a lot more interesting, a lot more decisive than I thought it would be. You know, I watched it in my office at the legislature uh, last night on my own, with no other media around me, just to see how a person would watch this at home. And I was amazed that finally we saw somebody as a clear winner in these things, and that was Rachel Notley, the NDP leader. Uh, I was amazed also at uh, Jim Prantis, who kept turning, like literally, to face um, Notley, who was on his immediate left, to address her. You know, he would kind of ignore, he would ignore the uh, liberal leader, David Swan, and the Wild Rose leader, which I thought amazingly, Brian Jean, to say, okay, fine, yeah, thanks, Brian Jean, for that. But getting back to Rachel Notley, or Miss Notley, as he kept calling her. Miss Notchley. Notchley, yeah, it was odd. <laughs> Very um, weird. So, and he kept going after her. He kept focusing on her. You know, there's one theory out there from the PC saying, well, look, hold on, and Prentice just wanted to uh, not give all the attention to Wild Rose because Brian Jean is, is doing well in the polls. No, no, he focused on NDP leader because it seems Notley is doing exceptionally well, and she did really well last night in that debate. Okay, Paula, going into the debate, you can you set this stage for us a little bit? I mean, who do you think had the most to gain? Who do you think had the most to lose before I get you on who you think ultimately won and lost? <laughs> well, I think for Jim Prentice, this was absolutely critical. He had the most terrible week. I mean, they were hemorrhaging support and going down in the polls with every poll that came out. He needed to look decisive. He needed to look prime ministerial. He needed to look like he wasn't in third place. It was also a really critical debate for Brian Jean because this was his chance to introduce himself to the vast majority of Alberta voters. It was really important to him that he not scare people, that he not look like uh, an extreme right winger. And it was also important that he look like he was competent, you know, going in, they were polling first, and, and he needed to look like a guy who could be premier. Ironically, I think in some ways Rachel Notley had the least at stake. I mean, she was doing well, and expectations were that she would do well in the debate. I don't think anybody expected that she would do as well as she did, probably including Rachel Notley. But ironically, even though she's getting the biggest post-debate bounce, I think she actually had the least on the line. And maybe that was why she looked, in part, the most relaxed, the most natural, like the one who was really having fun, maybe because she didn't have so much at stake. And for the liberals, I guess they're effort was to look like they were remaining relevant, right? We should, they were on the, t- on the stage, as we mentioned, David Swan was there. Was that their biggest challenge in this debate, leading in? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's staying a part of the conversation, right? I mean, the polls have the Liberals way down at the bottom, you know, with the uh, Alberta party in terms of, of popular support. Um, and for David Swan, this was, A, a really good opportunity for him to get in front of Albertans again uh, and and say, hey, we're still here. I don't know if he achieved that, though. Okay, so Miriam, tell us, where were you last night watching the debate, and what do you think were some of the breakout moments? I was here in the newsroom watching the debate with my uh, newsroom colleagues at the Journal. Um, there, there, were a few, there were a few different moments. 
um, you know, there were a couple of those moments that were sort of the one line zingers that sort of are the, the memorable lines. Notley, I think, came out with the most of those. The the most memorable one from her was when she when she turned to both Jean and Brian Jean and Jim Prentice and, and said to Jim Prentice, that's no way to talk about a donor, referring to Brian Jean's uh, $10,000 donation to his uh, PC leadership campaign was pretty last funny. summer. Uh, you know, it's pretty good to, to hit two birds with one stone there like that. Um, you know, uh, as Paula was saying, in terms of Brian Jean and, and his, it, this was his opportunity to introduce himself to Albertans. I thought it was really interesting that he came out and said really definitively, man-made climate change is real and we have to address mm-hmm. it. He was definitely trying to, uh, you know, uh, show that contrast between himself and, and Danielle Smith because we know that she got herself into some trouble during the last election when she said that the science wasn't settled and uh, people will remember she got heckled and booed during a, a live debate on that issue. So. I thought that was really interesting. Obviously, Jim Prentice uh, and his comment that math is difficult uh, when he and Rachel <laughs> Notley were sparring over corporate taxes uh, did not go over well. Uh, Paula, last night on our live chat, uh, had Steve Laderante with Twitter Canada, who shared some stats on uh, about uh, Twitter usage during the debate. And when Jim Prentice told Rachel Notley that math is difficult, the tweets just skyrocketed. So it, it clearly uh, sort of riled up. Uh, people who are watching at home. Graham, what did you see as the the bloopers and then also the the big, I guess, scores by the candidates? And I know we're talking about this in terms of a sports event as always, which some people hate. Well, there was a hockey game on after the debate (laughs) last night. There's actually a few on during the the debate (laughs) as well, if you're a real diehard fan as opposed to a Canucks or a Lanes fan. Um, Yeah, again, just going back, the the one that sort of struck me was... um, Apprentices, you know, math is difficult. I think that got everybody um, wondering. I think he was he was trying, of course, to refer to the NDP's gaffe when they made a mistake in their math last week in their budget. Uh, when they said they could balance the budget in two years, next year they said, oh, I'm sorry, next day they said we can't do it for three years. So he was trying to make a joke about that. It fell over flat. Um, I think, you know, that uh, Notley came back and raised an issue which he brought up Pelahid's name. Um, and threw it back at Prentice. I think that, I gotta say, uh, going back to Liberal leader David Swan, that he didn't do anything last night. He just reinforced the um, the fact that they are in fourth place by far. And in fact, they'd be lucky to even to get one or two seats out of this. Going back to why Prentice kept focusing on Notley, we're seeing, of course, a forum poll out today. This morning, yeah, Friday morning. Saying that the NDP's clearly in the lead. Again, you can question these polls. You can say they're not done that well, they're unscientific in terms of some of the protocols done by other polling firms, but it does show the NDP in front at this point. And Prentice must have known that last night, which is why he went after Notley. So yeah, I mean, looking at these numbers this morning, it does seem to explain a little bit more about that strategy last night. Well, you know, I, I don't know that you can dignify it with the term strategy. I mean, I got the feeling that he just got really engrossed in debating with her. I mean, he was so dismissive towards Jean. And and it's funny because I think Twitter really reacted. That math is difficult thing. I think people, especially women, read that as sexist, misogynist, condescending. But in some ways, he was equally condescending to Brian Jean and basically saying, you know, I'm not talking to you, kid. I'm, you know, I'm talking to to, to the smart girl over here. It was fascinating to see. And I don't know. I mean, the Tories are trying to spin this as, yes, you know, this is designed to frighten people about the evils of the socialists and to drive Wild Rose supporters back to the Tories. I just don't think that's going to work. I think one of the other things that that's important here, the collapse of the liberals on the stage, you know, which hit its nadir when 
David Swan dropped all his notes oh, on the floor. It was oh, painful. It was painful. And also the complete absence of the Alberta party from the debate. I think vote splitting on the left, that was one of Rachel Notley's big strategic victories last night. Because if you're a hardcore liberal or a hardcore Alberta party person and you were thinking of voting for them, Notley was so commanding last night as the queen of the progressive wing that I think... I think she's going to steal a lot of votes from the Alberta Party and the Liberals with that performance last night, and I think eliminate them as a vote-splitting threat in Edmonton and Calgary. But going, it's an interesting point you've raised. We discussed this a bit earlier, and that is going back to what happened in 2012 where um, Alison Redford won, won the election in part by going after the progressive vote. People who voted normally liberal and NDP went to the PCs to head off the Wild Rose, who perceived that point to be going to win government. You wonder, is this going to happen this time yeah. around on the other side when you have the NDP out in front and with a really strong leader who everybody said blew the doors off the other people last night? So if you're a conservative, you're a Wild Rose um, person who doesn't really like Jim Prentice, but my goodness, do you want an NDP government? Maybe it's going to drive Wild Rose supporters over to the PCs. Well, that's certainly what the PCs think. I just don't think it's going to work that way. I'll be interested to see if the if the Tories sort of ramp up their attacks on the NDP in the last uh, leg of the race, as opposed to the Wild Rose, which they were sort of focusing on earlier on. And going back to the whole Brian Jean being dismissed during the debate, you know, the problem is with him is he didn't do himself any favors. He didn't deviate from his script at all. Regardless of the question that was asked, he reverted back to his talking points. He sounded very monotone. He sounded very uninspired because he continued to use his talking points as a crutch. And I don't just simply mean his notes, the notes that were in front of him. Yeah, I mean, sort of the the sort of the, the high level talking points that they would put in press releases. It was sort of very verbatim. And he didn't do enough to inject himself back into the debate. But doesn't everybody now want to go look at page five of the Wild Rose oh, platform? No. I mean, <laughs> come on. I know that I have that like burned in my mind. I'm like, what does page five say? I you know, and he like looked really bad when he wasn't able to provide any sort of real firm answer when Jim Prentice went after him about what would you cut? Because that is the fear that people um, will have about a Wild Rose government is that it'll, it'll be slash and burn. Do you think people will cut him a bit of slack though? Because I mean, he he has been Wild Rose Party leader for what 26, 27 days. This was his first outing on the on the on the big provincial stage, I guess. On, on and debating is hard. The idea of having to do this is absolutely terrifying to me. Maybe Paula, as a <laughs> former champion debater, you yeah, could, I just I just wanted to be up there, but uh, about, talk to us about how difficult this is. I was just over just before coming into this studio. I was at breakfast television um, speaking with Bridget Ryan about the about the debate. She'd had Brian Jean on the show this morning. She said he was obviously feeling very self-conscious about all of the commentary about how stiff he was. Then she asked him on live television about the death of his son, and he broke down mm. and, 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 and was in tears on television. I mean, I think we have to remember this has been an extraordinarily emotional time for him to win the leadership at the same time that his young son was dying of lymphoma. So, you know, my expectations for him were pretty low. It's not like he was an experienced debater in the House of Commons. He was mm. way on the back benches. He didn't get a lot of question period floor time. He may have done what he needed to do to not frighten people and to shore up his own base. Uh, I mean, he wasn't awful last night. Uh, he didn't sound idiotic. He didn't sound uh, <laughs> radical. I mean, I, 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 no, 
hey, I mean, he didn't we sounded idiotic. <laughs> I mean, he sounded fine. He sounded competent. He sounded not, yeah, no, you know, not not very exciting. And he it, sure the, drove home the message about taxes. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is which is what his base wanted to hear. Was it an inspiring performance? Was it a performance that's going to get people writing checks and knocking on doors for him? No. I mean, and you know, by that token. Prentice, again, may have reassured people who thought the wheels had literally come off the Tory bus. <laughs> uh, but the person who's got to be basking in the afterglow this morning is Rachel Notley. I can't imagine what that performance is going to do for their fundraising, for their volunteer corps, to uh, inspire candidates. Uh, that it, It's hard to quantify the emotional bounce you get not just from mm-hmm. the debate, but from all the commentary afterwards. I mean, when the Calgary Sun tells you that, you know, the NDP won the debate and that Rachel Notley was the class act of the joint, I mean, what will that mean it's for the NDP in Calgary? You really got the sense that they were very bes- excited and sort of beside themselves last night. They put out two releases within 20 minutes of each other, basically <laughs> I know, saying, and all you know, I wanted to know Rachel was, Notley won, <laughs> and then they put out another one saying, look, everyone else agrees, Rachel Notley won. Yes. Um, and you the know. assignment editors are like, where are you going to be tomorrow? <laughs> yes. Don't tell me about tonight. And, and the big question, of course, uh, Paula raises it, what does it mean now? Like, what does this do to the campaigns? We'll see how they react. And you're right, Notley's going to be riding this uh, wave of euphoria. They've got only what, 11 more days in the race. The question now is how does Prentice react? What, I, what do they do now? I noticed that he started the debate in a very positive way, talking about suddenly how he's an optimist. I know, I've he was actually smiling. He smiled once, I think, in for that weeks debate. Now, yeah. All we've heard from him is how bad things are and how we have to tighten our belts. And suddenly... He was talking about the positives. What's going on there? He, he doesn't want to be Grim Jim, right? I mean, and, and it was interesting watching them all up there. I mean, the men in the debate did look sort of grim. You know, he's been talking so much gloom and doom for so long. Um, and I, I think people are turned off by that a little bit. And he has to counter the sort of positive messages that people are hearing from the other parties and he has to present a positive message as well uh, and so you're right Graham and like he definitely smiled at the beginning but when he was, was delivering it. that, that was opening once statement only. but then it got <laughs> a little stressful it seemed but I then think. Notley was smiling to me too often in a sense because one time she even said and the government's going to be cutting a billion dollars from health care and she smiled <laughs> at the camera yes, I, mean, I, I think she may have been a little overcoached <laughs> too yeah, as, as Jean you was said she seemed very natural and having talked to Rachel over the years I felt like she, she performed well for television debate but I didn't feel like it was necessarily natural. It it got better as it went along and actually I mean I think they all did they got more more relaxed I know you you mentioned earlier that um, Notley didn't have as much to, to lose perhaps I, th- I would disagree. I think that they know that they're doing really, really well. And she was very nervous. I talked to her last week on the campaign trails with her for most of the day. Um, and she was nervous about the, cam- about the uh, debate. Like she, uh, this is the, the big issue. They got one debate. It's televised. We'll spend a lot of time analyzing it. And she was really worried, I think, uh, in the sense that she's doing really well. She didn't want to take a giant step backwards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's fascinating because I, I do think that Prentice was smiling. And when he was smiling, ironically, is when he was sparring with Rachel Notley. I mean, if this were a rom-com and they were being cast as Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, uh, there were there were sparks between them. I mean, it was The date fun. from hell. It, 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 it was Ryan Mason, Danielle Smith dynamic. It, 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 yes. was, it was fun watching them debate. And that yeah. was when the television came alive because the two of them have this weird 
different kind of political chemistry. And when they were sparring with each other, it made for exciting television to watch. And you sort of thought, I wish those other two guys weren't there because <laughs> I would just like to watch the, you know, I would like to watch a one-on-one, the two of them actually really debating matters of substance. I think that would be interesting to see. But as much fun as he looked like he was having in those moments, I thought it was very telling Prentice's body language when the debate mm-hmm. ended. Right. Because he, the, he other th- the other three candidates stayed and sort of kibitzed with each other and yeah. shook hands. And Brian Jean and Rachel Notley looked very convivial. And he stalked out of there yeah. looking like very angry I daddy. On, I saw that on Twitter. I didn't see when I, when I watched it later that night because I had to record it because my children had extracurricular activities. I don't know if he stalked. I don't well, know. Well, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, for for him to immediately walk off that stage well, he, while he, he, he did hands. stop and shake hands he, he shook did hands. shake hands right. everyone else sort of stuck around no, no, fair enough I'm saying he didn't just bolt yeah, the yeah, door I don't want to give the impression no, he certainly did stand not. In fact, thinking he, he, it didn't take right. very long though for him to get away I know he did uh, stop and chat a little bit with um, with Rachel Notley but he just gave Brian Jean a quick you know, uh, just over his shoulder kind quick of handshake, handshake and that was yeah, it and then yeah. boom I was wondering at one point in the debate I actually thought Oh, I wonder what Graham thinks about this. They were talking about coal-fired power plants and air quality. And I thought they're actually talking about the environment in this debate for the first time. And I just wanted to know what your reaction was to that part of the debate. Well, you know, I can go on for a long time if you'd like uh, yes. me to. Well, no, no. Just, but, just right. Just the environment seconds, really hasn't been a big issue in this campaign. It's all about the economy. And the economy tends to trump the environment when we're having some tough times. Um uh, the thing is, yes, uh, some would, uh, the NDP wants to get us into natural gas, get us off coal-fired plants. And it's interesting, the, um, th- that point, the sparring between, again, Prentice yes. and Notley over this issue. He said, and I was the Minister of the Environment federally, and I got these standards in here, and I've got the, the timeline to phase this out. And she's saying, yeah, you keep delaying it. You, you kept delaying it, just like you're delaying your climate change strategy hasn't come out. Mm. Um, I he said s- it was coming. Yeah, I know it's going to come I think it's in May or June. I think it's June now, the climate change strategy from the Alberta government. i got to say, though, on a personal level, none of the parties have a real climate change strategy. They don't. Mm-hmm. Anybody, including the NDP, don't have a proper climate change strategy with proper targets. PCs have them with made-up numbers. But, of course, that's not a big issue in this campaign. It's all about the price of oil. It's all about the economy. And it's all about uh, what happens next year with our budget. And Paula, you were working with Steve Lauderante from Twitter Canada, tracking reaction to the debate from Twitter users. What did you see in terms of interesting patterns and narratives, that sort of thing? Well, I mean, as as Miriam mentioned, there was this huge spike. And it looks, I mean, it's, it's an enormous spike in Twitter activity the moment that Jim Prentice made that snarky comment about math is difficult. It's interesting. That really resonated with people in a way that I, I didn't think it would it would be that extreme yeah. uh, and it sparked the whole math is hard hashtag it was it, it was the thing it's going to be like Mitt Romney's binders full of women yeah. it's going to be the the line that people come back to again and again and you can't predict what that's going to be the other thing that was interesting though is that when you looked and tracked the twitter you know who's talking about what in an a positive way prentice and notley during the course of the debate tracked about evenly People on Twitter were saying about as many positive things about Prentice as they were about Notley. And I think in the debate, he he wasn't bad. He was pretty strong. Where he's losing now is in the debate echo. It, it's a funny thing because I think objectively, if, if, if you were here from another planet and didn't know any of the background to this, you might have watched that debate and thought that Jim Prentice did very, very well. But it's not reading that way. 
what people are hearing today. And remember, most people in Alberta didn't watch the debate. Mm -hmm. What they're hearing is the commentary afterwards. And what they're hearing again and again is that Rachel Notley won. And so despite the fact that in the middle of the debate, Prentice was holding even with her, he's not winning the after debate. And I actually talked to an analyst earlier this week, um, sort of in preparation for the debate, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, often debates, the debate doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. even if it's an exciting debate, even if it's a so-called turning point uh, debate. Um, What matters is the narrative and the stories and the issues and themes that come out of the debate afterwards, because that's what people actually will pick up on. And that's um, sort of what ends up driving the rest and, of the and campaign. And that's driven by the, the media. Yay for the reporters <laughs> covering this. So you're right. People tend to read synopsis. They'll watch the highlights uh, on TV, read them in a the newspaper. And that, that's been the, the, the case throughout history. People don't watch. They watch the reaction from the media. And as we've been saying all morning, all day, all last night, Rachel was the one who won this. Oh, and let me say that Ryan Jackson, who's sitting with us here in the studio, has cleverly gone through the debate and picked out all the very best bits, which you can see with commentary on our website. Um, and so if you don't want to watch the whole debate, which you can, Global has it up, you can you can stream and watch the whole thing. Um, but we have gone through uh, with Ryan's clever fingers and picked out the... Uh, the the, the standout moments, yeah, the, the moments the that moments. the moments that uh, the group of us last night in the newsroom sort of uh, all we put our heads together and, and we and we uh, we picked out the moments that we thought Albertans needed to see. Fantastic! I'm going to watch that too. Everybody cares about the debate today, Friday. Will they care next week? Will Will it matter May fifth? I mean, two weeks is a lifetime in an election campaign. I think it'll. De- I'm <laughs> I don't know if we'll still be talking about the debate in, you know, in a week and a half or two weeks. But uh, I think uh, if we do see, um, you know, an outcome like the ones the polls are predicting, then people yes. will point to this debate as, as the, the turning, turning point. point. Uh, but, you know, if we see another PC majority government, then <laughs> people will be uh, <laughs> talking about how the polls are always wrong in Alberta. Well, <laughs> our thing is, if it's a PC majority with a huge... Um, NDP opposition. NDP official opposition, and you can say yes, and turn, things turn around. I'm th- I was thinking yesterday, I went through some of the old um, the old debates. 2004, we saw Ralph Klein just being, his body language, that he didn't want to be in the debate, didn't, he just looked really bored. Kevin Taft did really, really well. Liber- <laughs> Liberals did not win the election, but Taft did increase the number of seats, and Klein that dropped a number of seats, and that was back in 2004 when they were the powerhouse, he couldn't defeat the PCs. So... You could argue that was the the debate did actually show Kevin Taft being a dynamic leader and Klein being just old and tired. And so that may have been reflected in what happened. Having said all that, the debate, I think, will make a decision after the election as to whether the debate (laughs) made a difference. What what matters now is who can capitalize on this. If the NDP can capitalize on the momentum by raising money, by getting out uh, volunteers, by knocking on doors, and if they don't mess up, because now uh, they're going to come under much more scrutiny than they ever have. People are going to actually start looking at that platform and wondering why the numbers don't add up. And don't you start 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 to look at their bench strength, too? People are going to say, well, really, are we electing a bunch of 18 and 19-year-olds to, you know, to caucus? Uh, People are going to say, a $15 minimum wage, is that actually a doable thing? Uh, I mean, up until now, if you just thought you were electing a tame 
third party, uh, they're going to come under a kind of a microscope that they've never done before. And I, I think I mean, that's what happened to the Wild Rose in 2012. It was one thing when people thought they were parking a protest vote. It's another thing when people think they're electing a government. I thought it was really interesting in the debate last night that the, the discussion, the topic of coalition government came up at mm-hmm. all, you know, in, a, in an Alberta leaders debate. I just thought that was fascinating. I mean, obviously, I think the 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 intention there by Prentice was to say, look, you know, if you don't give me a big fat majority, these two, you know, crazy parties on on my left and right are going to get together and do weird things in the legislature. But, um, you know, I don't uh, I don't think it came off that way. I just I think it came off as sort of um, scared. Yeah, I mean, for the Tories, even to acknowledge the thought that they might have a minority government. I mean, that that's remarkable. It blew me away and it sort of came and went pretty quickly. I mean, obviously, Rachel Notley addressed it, but I, that oh, part but, just really uh, fascinated me. And Notley me. addressed it well, because Prentice said, oh, you know, you want a coalition government. And Notley smiled at Cheshire Cat, grinned at the camera and said, oh, no, I don't want a, 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 a coalition government. I'm running for a majority. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and and six weeks ago, that might have sparked an outburst of laughter. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, mathematically, I still think it's impossible. I just don't think they can pick up enough seats in rural Alberta that they could possibly form a minority government. But for one brief shining moment, she looked she looked like a leader. And they're all running for premier now, I notice, whereas at the beginning <laughs> of the campaign, oh, they yeah. all wanted to be I don't know if I've ever opposition. heard Brian Jean ever no. say that he wanted to be premier no, until hasn't. his closing statement no, last he night. Hasn't. I asked him this question last week at one of the scrums. Yeah. You know, have you stopped just running to be the official opposition because the polls are showing him in front pla- uh, first place? And you think Dan's starting then saying, I'm here just to get as many you know, votes as possible kind of thing. Um, last night, he actually said yeah, to the camera, I want to be premier. Um, of course, three of them aren't running for premier, and David Swan is just happy to be in the room. Participation. God, Ruben. I love Alberta politics, and I guess that's easy for me to say since I'm not one of the people actually <laughs> running for election right now. Well, it is time for Good Stuff from the Gallery, where we recommend something good or more or less political for you to read, watch, or listen to. Of course, we've already recommended the highlight reel from Ryan as a collective good stuff. Uh, Paula, would you care to start us off? Yes, I am going to suggest something that's light and fun, which is this really great video made by Cal videographer Alex Robinson. It's a send-up of House of Cards, the opening montage, uh, done in Edmonton. It's cool, it's dark, it's slick, it's spooky, and it's it's a great piece of (coughs) filmography, and I highly recommend it. It takes one minute and 53 seconds of your time. (laughs) Fantastic. Miriam. Um, I'm recommending uh, Paul Wells' piece in McLean's magazine, Uh, Could Jim Prentice Actually Lose? Paul Wells spent a week on the Alberta campaign, uh, and he uh, delivers a highly entertaining <laughs> synopsis of his time on the trail uh, following the leaders. I was, uh, I laughed out loud a few different times, so definitely read it. You won't be sad. I'm uh, disappointed. I'm going to go next. I'm going to just recommend something a bit off of Alberta politics. For those of you who have some AB ledge, AB vote fatigue, I'm going to recommend you read the 2015 Pulitzer winner for public service. I can't remember if I've recommended this series before from the South Carolina Charleston Post and Courier, but it did win the 2015 Pulitzer for public service journalism. This is a series of stories, it's called Till Death Do Us Part, that probes why South Carolina is among the deadliest states in the United States for women, and it puts it on the front and center for state legislators to deal with in terms of legislation and all sorts of things and policing. I highly recommend it. Please read it. Graham, you can wrap us up. Must I cop out? I was going to say um, the debate is on global. You can watch the whole thing. I know we've talked about the highlight reel on our webpage. 
but also Global has the entire debate. If you didn't see it, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. And I think, is our live, is, is our live blog still our, posted Our live online? blog should still be posted Because I think, online. Graham, you wanted to recommend that, too, because that was fantastic. Absolutely. You've done in conjunction with the Calgary Herald. Yes. <laughs> I always know, I know just what you're thinking. <laughs> and that's it for this week. My thanks again to Paula, Miriam, and Graham for joining us, and to Ryan for recording a video segment for us that you can find on edmontonjournal.com. You can also find previous episodes of the Press Gallery on the website, or you can subscribe to the podcast via TuneIn Radio on SoundCloud or iTunes. Subscribe, and each week a new edition will be dispatched to you by our digital delivery squirrels this week. Not pigeons, but squirrels, absolutely free. I love it when Paula helps produce the show and helps me write my intros and extras. (laughs) I'm Sarah O'Donnell. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week and all through the campaign in the Press Gallery. Thank you.